you've been doing some web programming lately. Well, by programming, I mean like writing web pages. Web markup, maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. You've been doing lots of marking up of web pages. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I have. Um, due to the project I'm on at work at the moment, um, it is all practically just working on web pages. Yeah. So, what are you like, when it comes to the elements that you write? Like, how how do you, how are you writing a web page? What's the first What's the first character on the first file? How does that go? It may surprise you. <laughs> It's generally from Flask, import Flask. Ah. <laughs> Not what you were hoping for, I think. Well, I'm trying to get sort of outside of the, the plumbing of like what puts the thing together. The actual, like what like you, you're going to be sending, your application is going to send a file, a HTML file to a web page. What's in that file? Oh, uh, well, I start with HTML at the top don't you, is, I don't even know if you need to do that because I, sometimes I see people that don't do that you do doc type HTML is that necessary? I feel like yeah, I'm, yeah. yes <laughs> I'm going to say yes because don't, I don't, I've never done anything without it whether you need it or not anymore I don't know that's the beauty of HTML is it's pretty robust you can, <laughs> you can break it in all sorts of ways and it still works the important thing I mean, what I'm getting at here is after you've you've got a head at the top of your file, and then everything else lives inside a body tag. What are you putting in your body tag? Is it all divs? Oh. Is what I'm trying to get at. Uh, there are a lot of divs. Yeah. So generally, um, I wonder if I can log into my GitHub on here, and I can tell you the uh, the tags I use might be more useful. Templates. Um, yeah, I have a section. Ah, actually, is my excellent. first. Okay. My first part. Oh, actually, I've got the nav bar, which is a nav element, and then I have a section, which is the section element. Boom. All right, we're cooking with gas. So this is what I was looking for. <laughs> I was expecting it to be all divs, and then I was going <laughs> to laugh at you and tell you how wrong you were for writing all divs. You can't laugh. <laughs> uh, and then inside that is a div and then a list. That's fine. So I've actually not got, not yeah. got that many divs. The next bit down does go div, 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 div h3 div we're not going to start opening my files and seeing how many nested divs <laughs> there are um which we might come to later <laughs> but, yeah i think we i think we need to talk about semantic html it sounds like you've got a sense of what it is i said the words to you earlier and you blanked yeah i think i understand it it's just kind of making sure you use the right tag the right html tag for what's going to go inside it but i don't really know what a section tag does um i think i use that because i probably I was probably just copying from the from somewhere else. <laughs> I probably didn't use that. I, I always kind of knew you should use nav for a nav bar, but again, the only reason I'm doing any of this stuff is just because that's what I've seen other people do, and I've just copied it. I'm not doing it for any wise reasoning. I don't know why you're meant to do it, because in my mind, you probably could just do all divs, and your website would still look probably the same, other than the links, I think, seem to like links and selects they seem to do like specific things and so it's like links tables drop down yeah drop downs selects um lists but other than that they all seem to kind of you could do the same thing and you could style them in a div by changing the css well, it sounds like we've got a lot to talk about then um so <laughs> i guess this week's question should be what is semantic markup semantic markup yeah i just do uh copy and paste markup <laughs> The best kind, <laughs> the kind that all good developers do. So, so go on then, enlighten me. What we always we like to get to the point right at the beginning, don't we? 
Yeah, I think is, we can. We what's can... the idea behind semantic markup? <laughs> the idea behind semantic markup is that your document, like your HTML, should indicate like the stru- the uh, the content architecture of the thing that it's in. It should be an accurate representation. And the reason it should do that, because I mean, you might like the counter argument is like you say, well, you could make it all with divs, and it would look just the same. It might look just the same to you, but it will not look just the same to someone who's accessing your site with a screen reader, for instance. But more, uh, as importantly, it will not look the same to a crawler from, say, a website that had decided to index your pages. Um, so if you wanted such a, such a website, should it exist, to like, be able to present your content to other people in a list, maybe if they searched for something, um, it would be useful for that algorithm to know the content of your page and know a bit about what is in your website. Okay. I'm talking, yeah. I'm talking um, about Google. <laughs> <laughs> so why why is why do why do we want Google to know that much about what's in our website? I mean in like rich applications where you log in, you don't want Google crawling that. But generally speaking, SEO, search engine optimization, is very important for a lot of businesses. I mean it's the the backbone of like how a lot of people make their how a lot of companies make their money online. Is by having good SEO, um, and we're not getting into SEO in this because it's a massive thing, and there's a lot of snake oil salesmen, and there's a lot of competing evidence, and there's a, like no massive facts in a lot of regards. But when you get down to the technical aspects, if you build a well-structured website that is well laid out and that a robot can look at, and by robot here I mean the the web crawler scraper things that Google uses that like look at your robots.txt file and decide whether to look at your website or not how they interpret the site is you want that to be as structured and informative as possible because that means people have access to the information that you're trying to share. Okay. Um, yeah. So going back to the um, accessibility thing, I thought the screen readers and et cetera looked at the, is it the ARIA, ARIA tags? ARIA tags, yeah. So what yeah. ARIA tags are doing are explicitly declaring things that you get for free with semantic markup often. So you don't need to tell uh, you don't need to tell a screen reader that something is a button when you're actually used a button element for it, for instance. Yep. <laughs> so quite a lot of the time, I I think I use I don't know I use an A which is a li- links to something, but kind of use it as a button. I guess is that that's bad, is it? <laughs> it depends. I mean, often you see in designs there are like links. Like <laughs> I think every style sheet I've worked on has had some form of. Oh, this is a button that looks like a link, or this is a link that looks like a button. As style yeah, tags yeah. to have that's, on them, because you do want that. I mean, that comes down to the yeah, the the interface design, experience design that's gone on in your site. Like, how are people navigating it? What are they expecting things to do? Generally speaking, like if it goes to another web page, or it opens up a new page, it's a link, so it should be a link. And if it doesn't, but you click on it and something happens, then it's a button. Tends to be the rule. Hmm. Um, I think I know there are people that get fairly fairly het up about it. I mean, friend of the show, Jeremy Keith, will have a lot to say about using <laughs> buttons where you shouldn't use buttons, I think. Um, and, yeah, making links that look like buttons. I care less about that than other people, but I think it's important. And it comes down to how people are expecting your website to behave. And if it behaves differently to how they're expecting, well, these people might just leave <laughs> and never use your thing. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Um, so... I wonder if there's maybe then, I guess there's the, the standard, your standard tags, like body section I hadn't really come across before until I uh, found out about, well, until I copied the thing I copied. Um, 
but I guess there's like there's lists, there's tables, there's selects, there's forms. Are there are there any? There's there's obviously the heading ones and the paragraphs. Does it matter that I'm going to use a H1 or a H5? Is that is that going to affect the semantic semant semantic markup a lot, or is, is do I need to make sure that the most important headings are H1 and then subheadings are always H2? I always just generally went with the size, using them for size. Yeah, that size often relates to importance, but I mean, conventional wisdom is only one H1 per page because that's the most important thing on the page. Yep. Beyond that, you kind of H2 is more important. But there, there's also there is a hierarchy involved there, um, and what you're doing by using heading tags like that, rather than just a paragraph tag with font size 25 on it, is to show that there is a structure to the the content that you've got on the screen. Mm -hmm. So having having using them and having logic behind how they're used isn't it's not going. I mean, you get your headings wrong, Google might rank you down in your search engine results. But really, it's not oh. gonna it's not gonna massively impact. But mess up uh, men, uh, menu like nav stuff and lists and things that aren't lists as lists and such, then you can start to get into to hot water pretty quick with making your site confusing. To navigate. Ah, I've, I just, I've never thought about this stuff before. I always just thought it was kind of just an easy way of the person working on the website seeing like what was what. Like, I mean, that helps as well. Nice. I mean, it's full of, it's full of benefits. <laughs> it yeah, makes it, yeah. makes it makes it easy to read, for instance. Um, but also, you get to assistive technologies like um, like if you're you're on a big site, you're like you go to Amazon or something, and they've got a massive, massive menu, mega menu, with lots of layers and depths. And what you want to get to is the content on the page. There's an article that you want to read on this page with a massive menu. Uh, maybe a, a newspaper would be a better example because they've got all the categories of all the stories they might have and all the headlines and everything all stuffed into this menu. If you've got assistive technology helping you out, you've got a screen reader going through that, reading each thing, or you have to tab. You have to press the tab button to advance through items on the page. Mm -hmm. You've got to, like, to get through some of these menus, you probably might have to press tab 100 times. You might have to listen to it read out an entire menu to you telling you that it's a menu and if it's not telling you it's a menu you're just it's a whole list of probably pretty arbitrary words that make no sense if they're not structured yeah and you don't want to so, do that every time so if you, yeah, if you, wrap it, I, if you know I, that something is a nav so you wrap it in nav so that we know that this is a navigation and entry screen readers are pretty smart assistive technology is pretty smart web crawlers are pretty smart they know not to like oh you've got the same content on every page because duplicate content is a bad thing it doesn't count the menu because it knows that they go oh that's a menu i'm expecting that to be the same everywhere and i know i'm going to make it easy for whoever's using this to skip over that and get straight to the content oh okay yeah I just that's, this is just something i'd never thought about <laughs> yeah, yeah i think yeah, quite interesting it does help to not try it's really hard i struggle with it but to try and get away from thinking about websites as something that you just look at yeah you have to i mean power users of applications love keyboard shortcuts <laughs> you you yeah you're a vim user right <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah imagine the, web, a good keyboard the, shortcut. Yeah, the website is like a condensed version of your beloved vim <laughs> someone who knows actually, how, to, someone uh, yeah, who knows how to use it can get around that really efficiently there's actually extensions for websites that that mean you can like you go to different tabs with vim commands and you can select stuff on the page with them as well it's quite cool yeah and you know what makes that really easy having semantic markup on the page because mm. those tools is better on some websites what they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I can't remember the name of it now. Um, and something maybe for the show notes, but look it, look up 
web browsers that are in the terminal. So text-only representations of a website. I can't remember what. I'm sure I've got one installed. Oh, it's called uh, Links. Links, that's the one. So Links, this is L, uh, L-Y-N-X. Uh, it's a thing you can install that allows you to run webs- look at websites in your terminal. Um, so I'm looking at a question of code.dev on there, and it's actually pretty usable. I mean, I think there's one massive oversight, which is that the main link on the page is not actually showing up as a link, the link to the most recent episode for some reason, I think. But you can imagine if this was all divs, you'd lose a lot of structure. You'd lose a lot of a lot of the sense of... Like you, I mean, our page is pretty simple, so it's probably a bad example, but you go to a complicated site, you should... I mean, if it's built well, if it's built correctly with semantic HTML, you should be able to look at it in something like links, in your terminal, that just has text characters, and it should be a usable functional website. Yeah, It's hard to do that now because people expect <laughs> so much of websites, like so much of the interaction is involved and complicated and reliant on JavaScript. Yeah, so I was going to say all, all the JavaScript stuff would probably be a bit bit strange uh, or just or non-existent on a uh, on that sort of thing. Mm. So what we what I'm we lose this, in this method is the uh, the audio player. The audio. Oh, I see. Yeah. So you can't listen to the audio. Is I mean, is there any way to get around that? <laughs> I think you could have. I think if it was, if it was a HTML audio tag, it might work. Oh, okay. Is that not so what actually, we've got? It, it is, but then it gets swapped out with JavaScript. So I would expect it to load as an audio tag. So I guess maybe links doesn't perhaps support audio, but you're not, you're not getting images, are you, either? That's true. I, I'm surprised they don't convert the images to uh, ASCII art. <laughs> that would be cool. But really, what the, the important thing is that a screen reader or a web crawler, robots crawler for a search engine, is going to see your website like this. It's going to have a bit more information to them because they can look at all the what we're looking at in, in links is is a pretty basic interpretation. It's almost like a markdown version of your website, yeah. like the bare minimum of text content. Um, but things like pictures and alt tags, this is why alt tags are important for your mm-hmm. images, so that you know what you like there's a sense of what's in the picture. So if you can't actually yeah. see the picture, you know what is, it, what is off. So you get the value. And then there's mm. ways of marking up stuff that's sort of decorative versus stuff that's important to the page so that when you're going through it, you're only seeing the important the important things you don't get every little ornamentation and background animation that's there just to like make the thing look fancy that's not actually important to getting the content you need you can kind of mark that up appropriately that's true so so then you would you also use the aria aria area aria i think is how i aria say. aria tags to uh to kind of enhance that then yeah so a lot of the time I mean, I find when we're using ARIA tags, it's to counteract the fact that we're not using semantic markup because often they, the ARIA tags relate to things that you should just get for free. So it's like, oh, I'm not using a button here, I'm using a div, so I've got to give it an ARIA role now, this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So it enhances a lot of the time, but sometimes you can use it to kind of essentially <laughs> build your own. I mean, the case that I can think of where it comes in the most frequently is uh, drop-downs, sort of what, what would be a native select element. But if you want to yeah. have more fancy interaction in there, you want to be able to search it, you want to be able to multi-select, you want to be able to jump up and down. Um, like you add anything in there that's not in the basic HTML element, uh, you very quickly get to a point where you just have to replace the entire thing and like rebuild it with JavaScript, which is kind of gross, but a lot of people do it. And there are a lot of ways to like import someone else's <laughs> fancy JavaScript drop-down code, which will probably have a lot of ARIA roles and things in it to make up for the fact that it's not a native select element. Yeah, I think I do something similar, but probably without the ARIA roles. It, it, I mean, our, the thing I'm working on is for a very 
specific we know who exactly who's going to be using the product so i don't know yeah it's <laughs> there are a lot of excuses and i do the same i'm not gonna i'm not getting at you <laughs> i think you're right in your in your use case it's for a very limited select set of people it's something that is not a deal it's not mission critical for certain things but really it should be all the time for all of us like, yeah i guess if someone came along and was using a screen reader or something mm. that could we'd have to add all that in or yeah. it'd be pretty unusable for them. Yeah. i wonder I, I don't know there's I, people like sometimes wave flags and shout about like having it regulated and there being like official standards bodies to deal with it <laughs> when you get to like enterprise level like big corporations who uh, have compliance policies and they will have a, a document that determines what their accessibility standards are probably using the the wcag or wcag the accessibility working group document uh, standards yeah uh, the web consortium accessibility guidelines i think that stands for um and you'll need to meet a certain standard on there and that covers things like color accessibility and, and like are oh, your buttons big enough all this kind of stuff does all your do all your form fields have an appropriate label and are they correctly connected with the right with the name mm -hmm. attribute for instance that's another instance of semantic markup being massively helpful um in kind of structuring the, the interact and when you get into the realm of form fields you can get into pretty complicated actions that you can do just with just with native html elements and that people can navigate with a keyboard i mean the best trick to see if your markup is working properly hide your mouse or your trackpad <laughs> just use a keyboard for a day should be possible shouldn't be a problem but no it, it, it is a problem because you've got to learn how to do that haven't you like i mean so, someone that you, someone that uses their computer like that has mm -hmm. learned how to do that. People struggle with a mouse when they first use one. Yes, like, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, how long does so, like a tab return and space like how and the arrow keys? How tough is that? It's not not it's not. You do have to learn it, but it's not that complicated for most for most people. It's in a way potentially more logical and easier than using a mouse. I don't think it is actually well, because that's why mice are so successful. <laughs> I just but, I just tabbed through our website and the, the tab disappears for a bit. Yeah, so this is tab index thing. So there are things that are off screen that you can tab to. So that's bad. Well, You've got to really watch out for that. I think it's the play button, but it's not. Yeah, it's so not the, visible that it's yeah. been tabbed. <laughs> so then you. So this gets in. So we're, we're uncovering all sorts of problems here that we're going to need to fix. <laughs> but it gets into the realm of like focus states and hover states. They become quite important, so the native styles on those. Oh, okay. Can you set the tab index yourself then? Yeah, you set which things tab to. So when we're tabbing, can I be like, I want this one to come up first, and then? You can. You can set. There's a, there's tab index is an option on the markup that you can put in, and you can number everything from one to the last element in your page, whatever number that is. General advice is don't touch the tab index oh really okay <laughs> because there's so many ways that it can go horribly horribly wrong and you change one thing on the page and suddenly everything like you use a tab index once with a with a positive number in it you mm -hmm. then have to redo all the tab in, you have to do them for everything oh right so you can't just add one in somewhere no. that it messes everything up but what you can do is set tab index minus one and tab index zero those are two useful options so tab index okay. zero says this thing is tabbable so say you've got a div for instance and you you've for some reason you've tied an on click event to that so that's a that there's an interaction that happens on that div 
Mm -hmm. You want someone to be able to tab to it. You put tab index zero. It adds it into the tab order, puts it in the list. And if you okay. add, so and say you've got like an A tag that or a button that's actually hidden by CSS and is not visible on the screen most of the time. When it's not visible, you put tab index minus minus one on it. Takes it out of the tab order. You don't tab to it as you go past. You've got to remember when you then actually put it into the page to use it. You put the tab index back to zero. <laughs> so, <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so minus one and zero for kind of removing them. But yeah, stray into positive numbers and you're a mad person. It's, it's bad, so you can't do just do happen. tab index nine 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 to make sure that that's the first thing that you tab to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're getting into Z index territory now, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good good tip to keep away from. That. So I think that would make you no 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 would make it something that you hardly ever get to to tab to. I think it's I think you start, oh, right. start one, one is the first thing on the page and you work up from there. Yeah. Okay. I never do it, so I don't know. And I'm glad, yeah. not, I'm glad not to know. I know enough to know that if I start messing with that, everything's going to break. <laughs> okay, so we'll make sure to keep, to keep away from that. Yeah, I think that uh, comes that ties into one of the key bits about using semantic markup. It's basically we should, as developers, get out of the way of these technologies doing their job. Mm -hmm. You take all the CSS and all the JavaScript off a web page. The tabbing and the accessibility work fine if you if you're using semantic markup. You don't need to add anything extra. You don't need to muck around with it. It if you've written it properly, it should just work fine. Yeah. And everything that we so often when it comes to accessibility and well, it's not even an accessibility. It's not solely an accessibility issue unless you take the broad view of accessibility to literally everybody because like, everyone wants to tab. Have you have you never like had <laughs> Like a hot drink in your hand, and also want to be browsing the internet, mm -hmm. like holding holding a baby use. and using the computer. <laughs> You're instantly, quote unquote, disabled in that scenario. <laughs> so the, it, it's very, very, very easy to dismiss. And the, like a real common argument is, oh well, we don't have any users with disabilities. As soon as one of your team <laughs> picks up a warm drink, it becomes used. This technology becomes useful. If you don't have the ability for people who are using keyboard interfaces or accessibility features to use your website, you're not going to have any, none of those people are going to use your website. So the metrics are going to instantly reinforce that behavior. They're going to come to your site. They're going to go, oh, I can't, this isn't for me. I cannot use this. Go elsewhere. Take their business elsewhere. So you might say, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, it's like, like the old days when people were switching to respond. We don't need a responsive design because no one's looking at our website on a, on a phone. That's because you open up the website on a phone and the phone catches fire and falls, <laughs> falls into no. pieces because your website's terrible. Like that's why you've got no users on the phone. It's the same with accessibility features. Yeah, that's a good point. All interesting stuff. So I guess uh, then having semantic markup helps with all this tab stuff. Yeah, which, massively. Which we've been talking about, yeah. yeah. And by using it in... I mean, we've really hardly scratched the surface. I mean, we get into things like article tags and... set. We, touch briefly on sections i mean most of them are self-explanatory mm -hmm. a picture is a picture an audio tag is an yeah. audio tag video text is a video a well, section a is an image but... <laughs> uh, well no no <laughs> no it's a picture the image would sit inside a picture element and you use picture elements for responsive images no, oh, I did not know oh you should look up picture it's great how you smell picture tag mm. what on earth okay we have, i think we'll have to do a whole episode on that sometime <laughs> Yeah, uh, in the future at some point. <laughs> WTF responsive images is the sort of <laughs> title for that one. <laughs> ah, good stuff. Well, thank you very much for that tour through uh, 
semantic markup, um, something I, I was apparently using, but didn't know why. So that's good. <laughs> I feel like I've done the job of like opening your eyes to something new, but I feel like I've done a very bad job of explaining what it is and how to use it. <laughs> I feel like we've just scratched the surface. There's a lot. To, we might have to come back to this one in the future. Yeah. I guess generally just use use the correct tags for the sort of item you're your contents in <laughs> yeah so i mean if you're listening to this at home and semantic markup is new to you google it read it there's so many good resources out there um and hopefully this discussion will have at least made you like like ed made you aware that there are reasons <laughs> other than developer convenience for looking at your code for yep. using things like nav and lists and i mean these are the really basic ones that you learn on the first day of like learning what html is but they're really useful. They're really powerful. They're really important. And it goes deeper than that. Look up. Go and look up a list of semantic HTML tags, and you might be surprised at how many there are <laughs> and how useful they can be. Yeah. Ah, cool. Well, thanks a lot for listening to this week's episode of A Question of Code. Make sure you check us out on Twitter at AQO Code. And you can find us online at aqoc.dev or aquestionofcode.com where you can find all the information about how to get in touch with us and suggest topics for future episodes and potentially guests as well. If there's any voices that you want to hear on this show, let us know. <laughs> we'll get in touch. People are surprisingly open to being interviewed by nerds. <laughs> yes. Um, and do subscribe if you haven't already and tell as many people about the show as possible. Speak to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.